welcome to another fun and exciting conversation on the Worthy for 30 podcast. Uh, I'm excited to introduce my next guest uh, through a personal connection, a mutual friend, Rob and Scott Krause. Uh, welcome to the show, Ben Irwin, the CEO of the Charity Network, which owns Prizio and Charity Buzz. Welcome, hey, Eric. Man. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, absolutely. So uh, as as I was introduced to Ben uh, through, through, again, through uh, Rob, Rob Krause uh, uh, specifically, I told him the premise of the show, which is uh, talking to industry leaders like like himself who are doing good while doing well. And what better what better way than to talk about Charity Buzz, which is helping a lot of you know, great causes and charities run fun and exciting auctions and provide experiences to the end consumer. And in return you know, of those auctions, there's high yield for those charities and foundations and other causes that you may or may not have heard of. Uh, so again, Charity Buzz is really you know, getting a lot of great causes online, but more importantly, connecting those causes to consumers and vice versa. So Ben, the way that I like to start uh, these conversations is really understanding how you got to where you are today. Uh, doing my research, I, I understand that you've uh, encountered a fork in the road a couple of years after graduating college. So love for you to expound upon that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thanks again, Eric, for having me in the show and the premise certainly resonates with me. So uh, I'm really happy to be connecting. So I, I went to school down in D.C. at George Washington. Uh, originally was going to be a lawyer, uh, studied poli-sci there, then realized after speaking to a bunch of lawyers in college that I no longer wanted to be a lawyer. Uh, so then it was, you know, uh, like approaching graduation, you start thinking about what are you going to do with your life? And at that point, I was young. Uh, I can look back and say I was ignorant. And I just equated career with making the most money. That's all I wanted to mm -hmm. do. If you make money, you're happy and your career is successful. So my background was always in sales, whether it was working summer jobs at retail stores, um, interning for entrepreneurs throughout college. And I joined a company called the Corporate Executive Board in a sales role, really just like dialing uh, Fortune 1000 finance executives mm -hmm. and fast pace, energy, you know, quota driven role. Uh, and you kind of you could eat what you kill. And so that really appealed to me until I ended up doing it. And what I realized probably six months in, ended up staying there for over a year, was that if I'm going to devote the majority of my waking life to doing something, the promise of making money was not enough. That was not going to lead to a fulfilling and exciting existence. Mm -hmm. uh, like my energy was down. Uh, my girlfriend at that time was down. My wife would tell you I wasn't fun to be around. <laughs> so yeah, so, so you come to this fork in the road, which I think a lot of people my age back then were facing where you go the the purpose driven impact route, you know, working for an NGO, a charity, go to Peace Corps, teach for America, feel good, right? Your heart mm -hmm. is satiated, but you're living on ramen noodles. Or do you go the route of trying to make as much money as possible? If you remain altruistic and true to your values, then maybe in 10, 20 years, you have some money in the bank that you can donate back into causes and, and get your fix that way. Uh, mm -hmm. And neither one of those was really exciting to me. So the idea of a, a social enterprise like Charity Buzz, which I kind of stumbled into, was was that fork in the road kind of coming back and merging together. Uh, mm -hmm. And I was lucky enough to find it. And, you know, fortunately now a lot more of these types of companies and roles exist in the world. So 
uh, this fork isn't as prevalent as it was back in 2005. Yeah, it's, uh, that's super interesting. Um, yeah, because I graduated the same year that you graduated from college. And thinking about, you know, mission-driven versus, you know, uh, mission-driven uh, versus or inclusive of uh, making money, you know, you, you thought about it again, in, like, as you said, in two different, in two separate buckets, two separate camps. But what Charity Buzz has allowed you to do is like, wait, I can work for a for-profit enterprise. And at the end of the day, we're driving high yields for the causes and, and, and charities that we work with. So I feel good about, again, what I'm doing, you know, day in and day out. And you've, you've been with Charity Buzz more or less for, since the beginning. Yeah, it, it was around for, I think, a few years before I joined. So, so I, I left the job in D.C. I continued to live down there. I worked for Callaway Golf for a little bit, which was awesome. I uh, didn't have the mission, but it checked the passion box for me. I'm a golf nut. And then I moved back up to Connecticut and I was trying to figure out what my next job, career, like I was really at a crossroads. And uh, I found Charity Buzz when it was just really an idea, a couple people, and they just needed help almost like uh, temporarily. So there was something for me to do as I was searching for my next gig. And I immediately fell in love with it because it also had this third piece. So there was for profit, chance to maybe make some money, doing something really, really good for the world. But it was something that I could build along with the founder and other um, initial employees. So when I joined, there was no sales, business development, strategy, vision, plan in place. So I could also kind of wrap my hands around something and kind of mold it into what I wanted to be. Um, so it was probably only I don't know, month or two after getting a taste of Charity Buzz that I decided this is what I wanted to do for the foreseeable future and pitched that to the founder, got in very early on. And uh, yeah, it's been a really fun, crazy ride ever since. Mm -hmm. No, I, I, and, and, you know, over those years, you know, you, you've, you've progressed within the organization, you know, from where you started now, the CEO and the, and the president of the organization. Um, and what's interesting, and, I, and I'd be remiss not to mention uh, that Charity Buzz was bought by uh, Char the Charity Network. Is that correct? Yeah. So when we were we were bought by Todd Wagner, probably about six, seven years ago now, feels like it was longer. So Todd's uh, Mark Cuban's business partner, co-founder of Broadcast.com, single biggest tech IPO at the time, fastest growing IPO. And then we had, we acquired Prizio. We created the charity network as a, a parent, more of like the the B two B operating model um, mm -hmm. on top of the businesses. And yeah, you know, I think about my career or time at Charity Buzz as two separate jobs, even though it's one company. Um, and there was the time before Todd bought us, where it was new. We were kind of just trying to figure things out, no real plan, kind of like flying by the seat of our pants. And then with Todd, like just learning and absorbing as much as I can by someone who's done or had success at the highest level and just like the stories and the learnings are invaluable and, and had the opportunity to have him as a mentor. Um, so it really feels like two distinct uh, companies that I've worked for, uh, albeit the name's the same and the LinkedIn profile just looks like one one really long tenure. 
<laughs> one really long tenure. And, and and to add to that, so if, you know, uh, Ben mentioned, you know, Todd Wagner is Mark Cuban's partner, uh, broadcast.com. Uh, and I'd also be remiss not to mention being a fellow Indiana University alum. Um, I'm super like, again, I was exci- I'm excited to talk to Ben. I'm super excited now to talk to Ben because, again, the Todd Wagner Indiana University connection uh, is just a cherry on top. Well, you would be happy to know, Eric, that it's coincidence. It's not because of Todd. Maybe there's underlying dynamic at play, but I've got a ton of IU alums on the team. It's, no kidding. It's the most represented university, <laughs> and they aren't they aren't like passive IU alums. They are diehard IU alums. So it seems like everybody that goes to IU loves it and wants everybody to know about it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Like, how do you know that I went to Indiana University? I'll tell you. Uh, exactly. And don't worry. I'm, and don't worry. I'm not wearing candy stripe pants as I'm talking to you. So uh, <laughs> that, that'll be for the next conversation. Uh, so, so help us break down the dynamics or the marketplace that is Charity Buzz. Yeah. So uh, I think it's helpful just to talk about the the history briefly to see where we are today. So the business really started as a light bulb, going to live auctions at charity events. In a lot of these rooms, especially in New York and L.A., there's these unbelievable opportunities like go to the Oscars, hang out with this celebrity, go backstage at this concert. But it's only being offered to a room of three, four, five hundred people, of which five percent are bidding. So you've got these opportunities that have global um, global demand, global desire, but just in this really small group. So why not bring those online, distribute them, more people that see them. If you target correctly, more people bid, more money raised. So that was really the the, the impetus of Charity Buzz. Uh, and in the early days, everything we did really surrounded uh, large galas or fundraisers. But as we knew, um, the only way to really grow and scale the business was to create more of a platform or marketplace. So uh, we still, a big part of our business still is working directly with charities. It's consulting and strategizing with them around who do they have access to? uh, What can we leverage in new and exciting ways? Because what works really well on Charity Buzz may not work in their traditional fundraising. Um, And that's where like the the complementary dynamics really come to play. Um, but now it's also, you don't need to have a big event to raise a bunch of money. We have this audience 365 days a year. So instead of putting all your eggs in the spring and fall fundraiser basket, let's do it all the time. Let's time these items with market dynamics of when people want this thing the most, let's build the audience. And what that's allowed us to do is we've created our own customer base. We have a few hundred thousand charity buzz users registered on the site. They are affluent. They're socially conscious, and they just want access to really cool and exciting things, access, experiences, collectibles, you name it. But they're shopping with Charity Bus. But that's very valuable to the charity because this allows them to go outside of their existing donor base. Still reach out to your donors and raise money based on your cause and your mission. But here's this whole other stadium, a few hundred thousand people who are more than happy to uh, donate unrestricted funds to your charity, but they're doing it based on what you're offering uh, versus what you do. So it just, it makes the pie bigger for them. And and that's what we've done. But then over time, it's, all right, well, how do we grow and and, and diversify the business? Because we just want to scale. It's it's the beauty of having a for-profit business is 
we th that's the mindset that the company has. So we've started creating a storefront. So instead of just auctions, just fixed price opportunities, we have a giveaway platform with Prizio, which um, think about as like a raffle at your local fundraiser on steroids. We have a concierge business where we can broker like extraordinary experiences privately for our top, top customers. And then we recently acquired a corporate entertainment and hospitality company because experiences of these types of packages are being purchased by big companies to entertain prospects, clients, employees. Why not have them be more exclusive, more memorable, which is what we do, and also be able to tell everyone, hey, this is also supporting a really great cause. So it's all about like uh, focusing or leveraging these core assets we have. We have an audience, we have expertise, we have relationships. And what are all the different ways that we can take those assets and drive more and more value uh, for the business? And when the business does well, the charities do well. Oh, I, 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 would, I would think so. Um, and that's all layered in to the tech platform. Again, you're, you're, you're a platform uh, for both connecting uh, causes and charities to that end consumer who wants that memorable experience or memorable thing. Uh, at the same time, you know, they're socially conscious. So they want to be, again, doing good while doing well. You know, what I'm purchasing, again, a percentage, a percent or a lot of that is, is going to, uh, to that cause uh, that I intend to support. So thinking about that, you know, Charity Buzz, uh, just so I understand, uh, you know, 100% clearly, still do what you're doing, you know, rent the room at the Pierre. Again, I'm going back to the, our first conversation, rent the room at the Pierre, have that fundraiser. But but think about Charity Buzz again as that strategic partner to help open you up to a, a, ma a massive audience. So again, it's not a, a moment in time, you're creating these experiences or you're supporting these experiences throughout the course of the year. Yep. And it's bespoke, right? It's like, it's not one size fits all. There's some organizations we work with who they don't need us for their fundraiser. They've got the right people in the room and then the, the amount they raise is as much or exceeds what we can do. And that's great. Let's focus six months opposite your event. Let's focus on opportunities you're not going to include in your event that will do really well on our platform. Let's, we got to understand your goals, like everything that plays into your existing fundraising efforts. And then we just need to figure out where we fit in to add incremental value. We're not taking anything away from what you're already doing. Keep doing that. But what if we can find 20%, 50% more money over here? And if it's relatively low lift, then that's where the real value happens. Because what we do, for the most part, is we're raising money for charities that otherwise would not go to charity without charity bus sitting in the middle. And what I mean by that is, so lots of people will dedicate a certain percentage of their you know, salary or funds every year to charity. Mm -hmm. That's still happening, but they're also spending money on anniversaries, birthdays, discretionary. Oh my God, this is my bucket list. I just want this. <laughs> that money is now being diverted or a portion of it to charity because we sit in the middle. It's not going to a concierge, a travel agent, all these other people. The Charity Buzz is like this vehicle that's saying, all right, we're going to take a portion of that money. We're going to give it to a really, really great organization. And that's what gets us really excited. Because if we can do that more and more at scale, mm -hmm. that means that's a, a significant impact on the amount of money going to charities, which 
I believe if that happens, like the world, things are just better, right? If charities are more successful, we should all believe that things are better. So that's yeah. kind of the underlying motivation across the entire company. Oh, I, I, absolutely. I, I'd be maximized. And, and the maximize the return is the maximize to the return for a good cause uh, that you're passionate about. So again, technology, again, is, is a centerpiece of the platform. Oh, sorry, but uh, Charity Buzz is a platform. What was that like? Can you put your finger on an insight or a data point that you or your team uncovered that was super impactful on the business? Yeah, I'm just going to use recency bias here because we just uncovered um, some really cool ones. So, so we recently hired a new head of marketing, comes from a, a growth marketing background, and a new head of BI. And and we were we're thinking about what's the unique mix of marketing, specifically advertising, between acquisition and retention. What 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 most people in that role. Um, would be doing since, you know, at the end of the day, we're a B2C e-commerce company. So this is how we have to think. And uh, we started looking at retention across a bunch of different views. And what we saw was um, over a 365-day period, customers who won an item, 41% of them placed a subsequent bid within a year. So we believe that's our form of retention on the auction side because auctions are unique and mm -hmm. there's not a lot of people doing them. So we reran that analysis a bunch of times because we, we didn't believe that it was that high. Uh, we have a lot of people from previous e-com companies that said there's no way we have a 41% retention rate. That's, that's not a thing, uh, but it's true. So we have a really loyal um, existing customer base and we want to boost that up, but we know that that means we should put more of an emphasis on acquisition because if our retention is so high, then obviously mm -hmm. LTV and the cost of acquiring a customer, we can start getting a little more aggressive with. Um, so that was one that uh, has been a really fun insight um, that, that has had a, a direct impact on our strategy as it relates to marketing and advertising. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And, and um, it's, a, it's a great uh, 40, 41% um, of your existing uh, customer base is again putting a subsequent bid within a year, and the and the, the uh, you know using e-commerce or DTC um, terminology, the average order value for a for an experience is rather high for a charity buzz auction. So to get that same person to again put in a, a subsequent bid for something you know in that in that realm uh, again is is uh, is amazing, and again it speaks to the loyalty of that consumer. Again, the first party data, and we can spend a lot of time on that, uh, is huge you know, for for Charity Buzz. One other you know so in somewhat changing years, you know again you, you're 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 helping uh, charities procure experiences or items to to auction through their boards through their connections and really really unlocking you know the people that sit on these charities boards on how to, again, procure these experiences that they can auction off to get the highest yield. But one other thing that you mentioned was uh, Charity Buzz's owned experiences, uh, vertically integrating the, the experience itself. So uh, are, can you talk to that? Like, we'd love to understand you know, what, what that vision looks like. Yeah. So so I mentioned that, you know, historically it was, it, it was exclusively working with charities using their connections and having them secure the inventory. And that's a great model. We don't hold inventory. There's no overhead, but it doesn't give us the complete control over the business that we need. So as we think more and more about the different levers we can pull to grow our business, you know, we're a supply and demand business. 
So there's moments in time where there is a, there's more demand in the marketplace than we can supply vis-a-vis our charity partners. The best example I always use is Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. let's say in Super Bowl, leading up to the Super Bowl, we know there's we, we could probably move up to upwards of 100 different packages to have like a really fun, unique Super Bowl experience. But through our charity partners, we're only able to secure 10. Well, we have to fill that void because it's what our customers want and that's our commitment to them. So mm-hmm. we're more and more going out and we're, we're, we're putting together these experiences ourselves. We're, we're fortunate enough that through the 15 years or so of being in business, we have a, a pretty extensive Rolodex and the relationships, they're deep. So we know how to put together these incredible experiences where we're, we're taking the position, we're putting the assets together, and then we're delivering a branded Charity Buzz experience, which is the other piece of it where now we control not only the creation and therefore mm-hmm. the quantity of the item, but we control the fulfillment and, or the redemption of the item because it's ours. We're there. It feels like it's Charity Buzz. It's going to create more loyalty, hopefully even higher retention rates. So we've been doing a lot of that recently, and that's uh, a huge focus moving forward as part of our strategic plan. But another really good example is we um, we secured the a, a portion of the Bootsy Bellow suite at the new SoFi Stadium in, in Englewood. So we have a 12-person roped-off section, field level, just what you can't buy, you can't get in, it's invite only. We have the Charity Buzz portion for every single concert and Rams game throughout the year, which includes Taylor Swift and Beyonce, what they're saying are the two biggest tours in the history of the universe. Right. Um, <laughs> so so we can we can deliver people a bespoke charity buzz experience, a portion of the funds go to an area charity that's helping out um, at-risk youth in the community, which is really awesome. But what we're delivering is you can't get this anywhere else, but you get the sweet experience. So you can, you know, sit down, relax, get out of the craziness. But then we also give everyone access to a platform that's elevated on the floor so that you can go watch it out um, on the floor or um, in the pit and then come back into the comfort of your own suite. So it's unique. It's different. You can't find anywhere else. And it's only a charity buzz. Um, so these are more and more the types of things that we want to do to be able to really scale out the marketplace um, and be able to deliver a lot more unforgettable experiences to our customers and help support charities at the same time. Yeah, it's uh, again, sounds sounds very exclusive. And also sounds like, again, you're building this this moat. Like, again, you can't find this specific experience anywhere else. It has to go through Charity Buzz. Uh, and at the same time that you purchase it. You know, again, a portion of those proceeds go to an to an area charity or cause uh, for at-risk youth, which is which is uh, tremendous. So you feel good about again uh, buying those um, those uh, Taylor Swift or, or Beyonce tickets, which I, of course I've heard are really hard to come by. In terms of in, what does innovation look like in the charity space, uh, according to your from, from your perspective? Uh, not nearly as much as it should be. So yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of exposure to charities and you know i think the biggest issue facing the charity sector is the public misconception of the word charity so i would bet that if you surveyed 100 random people 
they associate charity with um, the volunteer that's outside the department stores during the holidays for Salvation Army, ringing a bell, and you just drop in dollars. And what that creates is this, this, this idea that charities should give all of the money away, right? Like a lot of people talk about, oh, like what charity, I want 100% of this dollar to go to the cause. Like, what does that mean? I have no idea. Or how dare that CEO of that charity makes money? But these are humongous organizations. You know, like we're, we're asking this entire sector to solve some of the most complex problems facing the world. And it's like, hey, save the environment, cure cancer, feed the homeless, reform education, but don't make any money, don't pay anyone anything, don't take risks, and don't innovate. So it's like we just tied both arms, both legs behind your back and, and blindfolded you. Like it's, it's just not going to happen. So why can't charities pay people well, right? The example I always like to use is like, let's say you had two CEOs side by side. This CEO makes $100,000 and this CEO makes $500,000. But the $500,000 CEO is capable of driving 25 times more value or impact than the $100,000 CEO. Most people would say, it's the $100,000 CEO. No CEO of a charity should make $500,000. But if they're delivering 25 times more, and furthermore, if that same job, scope, budget, responsibility was in the for-profit world, it'd probably be a $5 million a year charity. Like You're not going to attract the right talent unless you get the right people. So we're, we're seeing this move. And I'm, I'm getting exposure to a lot of these charities that they're, they're, the board is saying, we're just going to take a for-profit mindset, right? The board's comprised of typically like very successful business folks. And they're saying, we want to bring people from the for-profit world, business leaders into the charity space. We want them to run these charities like a business. And the best quote I have, and this is again, recency bias, was I just met with the uh, CEO and the CEO of the Leukemia Lymphoma Society is one of the best charities across any metric out there. And they both come from the for-profit world. CEO is from Pharma Biotech. CEO was from retail. He was the head of stores for Gappy. And we were, we were talking about this. And they said, like, we hate the world. They, we hate the word nonprofit. And we, we don't like the word nonprofit because we're a for-profit organization. It just so happens our shareholders aren't aren't board of of directors, investors, or people who buy our stock. They're the patients. It's the cause. Our job is to maximize profits for our shareholders. And that, to me, was the easiest way to really just think about all of this. They're They're relentless every day in their mission to maximize profits because their profits go to funding treatments for blood cancer and supporting people affected by it. And to me, that's how all of these organizations need to act, but there's too much friction in public opinion against this because people will still say that charity gives 30 cents of every dollar to cover overhead. They're evil. But, but what's overhead? Overhead are people. Overhead are the people working at the charity because it requires a humongous amount of administration, organization, fundraising to do this. So it's it's just going to be an uphill battle until public will really shift its opinion and understand we want these organizations to do what what we want them to do and what they say they're going to do we got to shift the way that we think about it
You have to shift right. It's it's the mindset. It's a, it's a for profit for profit for profit mindset. The yield is for the shareholders, which are the patients. Uh, in this case, the lymphoma and leukemia society. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it's a it's a great you know it's it's not it's more than semantics. It's it's really this this conceptual pragmatic uh, paradigm shift on how people should think about charities. And it's funny, when I was getting to know Ben, I mentioned uh, that one of my previous guests uh, was Jonah Goodhart, the founder and a co-founder and CEO of Moat. Uh, he's a co-founder of Montauk Labs. The reason why I'm bringing him up, he was on the board of Charity Buzz for a while. And when, I, when he was on the show, Ben, he was talking about you can run an organization that's doing good where you have double, double bottom lines, where you are driving profit at the same time, you're measuring again what that impact is of that profit on that cause or on that mission uh, that they set out for. So it, it definitely can happen. Like similar to you know again your your that that career inflection point. You know, yes, I, I want to make money, I want to learn earn a living. At the same time, I want to have impact, I want to have mission, I want to have purpose, and they shouldn't be thought about in, in mutually exclusive buckets. They can be thought about as one and the same. Because uh, at the end of the day, it's all about you know how are how are we driving impact? How are we making making impact? So we'd love to get your understanding because you know putting my brand marketer hat on, I, I also um, had um, introduced Ben uh, to to Jeff Ragavan, also a former guest who hosted Digital Fork Dinners, and at the Digital Fork Dinners, there are going to be a lot of senior brand marketers, and I imagine one of the questions they're going to ask is, "Hey Ben, love what you're doing at Charity Buzz. How can my brand get involved?" Yeah, so. So we've got this really, really dedicated and loyal customer base. As I mentioned, high retention rate in the hundreds of thousands, uh, massive fluent, right? They're not ultra, all ultra high net worth individuals, but they care about, you know, like what, what the brand's doing. Is there a purpose connected with the company or with the item? So for a lot of brands who are interested in getting access to that type of audience, I think of a lot of what we do is uh, like uh, cause marketing in a box. So whether it's donating to one of our existing charities or, you know, we working out a deal on some sort of rev share basis, like we're doing as we're vertically integrating more and more inventory, it's you're, you're getting the chance to support a really good cause, but you're doing it to benefit your brand because now you're getting through the auction, the storefront, all the different um, channels that we have, you're, you're introducing yourself to this incredible audience with a big old halo on top of your head because by being on the site, you are therefore care about doing something really good. So to, for a brand marketer, it's, it's an amazing because it also, it doesn't cost you anything. So you're either donating or we're figuring out some other deal where it could actually be good business, great exposure, promoting to an incredible uh, new audience. And that's it. And it's easy. It's fun. It makes a difference. So that's what I would say is the easiest way is just coming up with different ways to put together um, inventory that goes onto the site in a variety of different models. And you're just going to get a bunch of really, really high quality impressions in a much more meaningful and thoughtful way than just, you know, your typical advertising. Right, right. You're not just like stamping your brand logo and here it is. It's it's more of a 360 approach to to giving and to, to cause related uh, initiatives. 
Um, so, so Ben, we're, we're, we're nearing the end of our conversation again, we can talk forever, but in, in terms of existing charities, uh, so it's funny, I'm wearing my, uh, my cycle for survival t-shirt. Uh, I I'd be remiss not to, you know, show that off. You know, it's an organization, uh, that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, been involved with it for 12 years. Um, it's raised over $330 million for rare cancer research in partnership with Memorial Sloan Kettering. So how does an organization like Cycle for Survival, if it's not, again, I haven't checked the Charity Buzz website, um, how does an organization like Charity, uh, like uh, Cycle for Survival, again, get involved? Is it just as easy as procuring a, an experience or, or a product and just listening on the, on the, uh, on the site? Definitely yeah, we like, to, we like to, you know, have the conversations before any of that work even puts in. So you got Charity Buzz is a big partner with us, um, button form where you can connect with one of our fundraising experts, reach out to me, Ben at charitynetwork.com, connect with me on LinkedIn. The entire team and me probably especially just really love connecting with um, new organizations because the way I think about it is, so somebody involved with Cycle for Survival, unbelievable what they've done. Um, I know some folks involved. These are just like, these are awesome people. These are people who, again, they've like committed their lives to doing something really, really awesome. So, hey, mm -hmm. we just want to meet and learn about what they've done and then think about, because at that point we're inspired, right? So you learn about what these people are doing and now we're inspired to help. So then we put on our creative caps leverage the expertise and experience we have in our marketplace and with experiences. And then we help guide them on exactly what to go get, the timing of it. You know, Charity Buzz is not um, a software kit where you, you pay a subscription fee and then here are a bunch of webinars to list your items. We're full service, hands-on, probably more so than we should be, to be brutally honest. But again, it's because we got a bunch of people who really care. So we want to... Um, we have a process that we would have them go through that's um, that's based on 10 years of doing this. But um, yeah, it all just starts with a conversation. We want to get to know what they're doing, what their goals are before we get started. Any next step? No, that's, that's, that's great to hear. Cause again, it's yes, there, there's a scale play, you know, in terms of scaling the experiences and, and items that you can list on the site. But as, uh, as you mentioned, Ben, you know, it's a bespoke approach. It's not one size fits all. As you said, it's not a software kit. It's really white glove, you know, uh, handholding, you know, throughout the entire process, really understanding the, the objectives uh, of the, the cause, um, you know, behind the experience or the item that's being listed, which is, uh, which is great. Yeah, I strongly believe that, and, and this was uh, one of the other questions I had prepared to answer, but my North Star is relationships and connection. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's the basis of everything. So everything starts with us building a connection or a relationship. And yeah, it maybe slows down scale, but I think in the long run, it's what will set us apart. You People who, especially people who work at charities or people that are in the space, they're doing it for a reason. It might be a personal reason. They might have had mm -hmm. been affected by the cause or have some other reason to do it, or this is just who they are. So, like, that's why we do what we do. Like, we want to connect with people, understand, and that may slow down the first piece of business we do together, but that's going to accelerate two, three, four, five. And, and again, again, like, we, we've worked with charities for 10 plus years. It's almost, as in, like, when they start with us, they don't go anywhere because, A, what we do works. Like, we add real value, which is the most important. But, two, mm -hmm. 
um, they know that we're their partner. We're not just their auction platform. Like we're part of their team and that's the way we structure all of our account management and business development practices. No, it's, uh, that's, uh, that's great. Um, you know, it's, again, it's, it starts with the relationships and the connection. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I, I had a conversation, um, with Phil from Project Healthy Minds, which is, uh, trying to be the front door of mental health, uh, services, uh, on the internet, being the kayak. Like, again, you have a, you have a, yeah, you have anxiety. Where, where do I go to to help to help alleviate that anxiety that I'm experiencing? So again, they're trying to be the front door. And what Phil found out is like he's talking to a lot of CEOs, similar to how you're talking to a lot of CEOs. And mental health is a personal issue, and that's why CEOs are prioritizing. Okay, we need to not just give you know additional PTO days or a, a calm or Headspace membership to our employees. We got we have to do something that's that's per, that that's more meaningful. Uh, and it, and it's and I see similarity here where it's like you have a CEO of a cause, you have a CEO of a of a, of a business that's want, that wants to put their brand name on something that's that's significant because there's a personal connection, whether it's them or someone uh, that's connected to them, uh, that they want to make this a, um, a a part a part and parcel of the operation. So I, I think it's I think it's incredible. You know, sometimes we overlook or underestimate the power of relationships and connection and. I think you're you're emblematic of that. You know, throughout the you know the ten plus years you've you've been with Charity Buzz and have grown the organization. Um, excited to see you, uh, how it how it continues to play out. Um, so Ben, uh, love uh, you know any any parting wisdom and also for the folks who are, who are listening, where where can they find you? Yeah, so best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. Um, I'm pretty active, so if you reach out, I will respond very quickly. Uh, parting wisdom is, yeah, just if you're not already challenge the way you're thinking about the entire charity, cause marketing and social enterprise place. The only way we make meaningful changes in the way this entire um, uh, sector improves, grows, solves problems is if we orient everything towards it. So it's not going to be our own individual giving. It's not going to be our own institutional giving. It's not going to be our corporate giving. All those things should happen. We got to figure out everything else in our everyday life. How do portions of it somehow funnel or support charitable organizations? Like it's going to take that type of Herculean effort to change the fact that the percentage of GDP that goes to charity has never changed since they started measuring it in the 70s. All this talk of this generation is more philanthropic than the last one. It is not proved in any of the data. So there, we have to change that. Or because if you believe that if charities succeed, like every charity's mission is to go out of business because they've like accomplished their mission. So that's what we want to happen. But it's not going to happen if we just keep marching along to the status quo. And status quo is this old way of thinking we need to all think differently. It's it's okay for a company to make money while supporting charity because we're using, like I have a sales team, they're on quotas, we're pushing them. We want overachievement, we have incentive plans, but that's how we believe is our best chance of accomplishing our goals. And when our goals are accomplished, um, so are is the ability to give more and help more charitable organizations. So just, just challenge the way you're thinking. It's hard because it's been like, engineered into the back of our brains, but that's what we all got to do. Right, right, right. We're, we're collectively and collaboratively to move the status quo uh, in a new direction to drive high yield for for causes and and, uh, and charities. 
Ben, it's uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, looking forward to again meeting you in person uh, soon in New York City. Uh, and again, I'll include uh, where to find you on LinkedIn in the uh, in the show notes. Awesome, Thank Eric. You. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Thanks for Robbie for connecting us. It was a, a very good introduction. I'm glad he did it. Yes, likewise. Likewise, very appreciative. Cool, man. See you.